The Torah content for this week has been sponsored by Judah and Naomi Dardik in honor of Rabbi Moskowitz's second yard site and in appreciation for all those whose love of Torah and excitement for ideas shines in their teaching. Okay, so uh, two things on the agenda today. I want to do a brief introduction to uh, what I learned about the Yad Peshutah, um, and then I want to do the Yad Peshutah on the halachas we did yesterday. So Yad Peshutah is written by Nahum Rabinovich, Rabinovich, I don't know how to say it, uh, 1928 to 2020, May 2020. He died very recently uh, and um, was the Rosh Yeshiva maybe founder of Pirkat Moshe? Let's see. No, he accepted a position to become Rosh Hashiva of Yeshua Birka Moshe, which is the place that does all the Ramam stuff and all the Rabag stuff and all the, like, a lot of the good, you know, the good, the good, good stuff, good stuff there. Yeah. Um, and there's more here about this. Okay. But what I read was uh, oops, a review in Chakira of a set of essays he wrote in Hebrew called Iyunim B'mishnato Shal Rambam, Studies in Maimonides. Um, in 2010, and uh, by this review is by Avram Feintuch, Feintuch, um, and he, yeah, I, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't heard of him before. Um, so he, uh, he basically talks about what the fiducian or the contributions are of, of uh, uh, Rabinovich here, and then says these are the methods used in the Yad Pshuta. Okay, so this is a 16 page thing, but I just wanted to highlight a few things, like literally. Um, so he talks about, so he starts off by talking about the other good commentaries and editions on the Rambam. So Frankel is a good edition. Um, and then he says, Rav Kafath has published a new edition of Mishnah Torah. That's that red one um, based on Yemenite manuscripts, which corrects many errors that appear in the classical printed edition. This includes a comprehensive commentary, which while mostly based on cut and paste from the standard commentaries also contains many original comments, as well as excerpts from various commentaries that were not previously printed on the same page with the Rambam's text. So if you've ever used Kafath's commentary, it's a, basically a big digest of like, all the Nosekilim and then like sometimes other Rishonim and how they are, they learn the Sugi of the Ramam. Okay. But he uses cut and paste uh, to contrast it with, with uh, the Yad Shuta. So he says, on the other hand, Rav Rabinovich's new commentary rejects almost completely the cut and paste technology and presents an original work that integrates the knowledge and understanding of the previous 800 plus years with new information and ideas in order to attempt to clarify the text of the Mishnah Torah to the greatest extent possible. Now, I don't think it means he never quotes the Nosekalim, but you'll see that in the commentary, he works with primary sources in like Torshwapel literature um, and Gaonic works more so than like uh, what the uh, the classical like Magid Mishnah, Kesef Mishnah are doing. Okay, then just two two methodology things. He says that um, Rabinovich formulates an interesting principle that serves him in his efforts to resolve known difficulties that have puzzled generations of rabbinic commentaries on the Mishnah Torah. Rama makes supreme efforts to preserve the terminology of the original Talmudic sources whenever possible, including when he must translate the Aramaic of the Talmud to the unique Hebrew of the Mishnah Torah. Um, so that's one of his uh, premises, which is that the Rama tries to preserve the original language as much as possible. And then he uses, uh, the Yad Kshuta uses this to, um, when the Ramam deviates, to use that as insights into how the Ramam is learning the Sugya. Okay, so that's something that he's, again, I don't know Ramam scholarship. He's saying that that was a unique approach that Rav Rubinovich took that not everyone else uh, takes. And he gives examples, which you can... Is that, is that, is that to be like when he uses, when the Ramam uses a different language that he's like... Arguing with the no, no, that he, uh, like, um, I, we, we go through this little example here, I guess. He says, uh, the author demonstrates the use of this principle in various things. He'll present one example in the shofar. So it says, V'shofar shetokin bo, Ramam writes, Bein Rosh Hashanah, Bein Biovel, who karen hakavasim hakafo. So it is the horn, the bent horn of uh, of rams, right? Uh, 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 Kevis. 
All shofars uh, other than that are uh, than the Karen Hakevis are possible. Ravid remarks, he frees Amidosav, which is probably some insults. Okay, I don't know, I don't know what exactly it means. Ella mitzvah bekfufin, rather it's a mitzvah bekfufin, the imtaka b'shal ya'al yata. So he says, no, really, it's a mitzvah to do it with a cuff of one, but if you did it with a straight one, then that's also yote. A presentation of the author's complete analysis of these positions is beyond the scope of this review, and the readers referred to Yabshuta. The main and obvious source for this discussion is Rosh Hashanah 26a through b. In particular, one considers the statement, Amar Rabbi Levi, mitzvah shal Rosh Hashanah v'shal Yom HaKippurim b'kfufin v'shal kol Hashanah b'pshutin. So it says the mitzvah of Rosh Hashanah and Yom HaKippurim is with a bent horn, and of the rest of the year, presumably that's like with a... Um, uh, presumably that is with the Chatzotros uh, shofar combo on Tainus, that's Pshutin, that's with a uh, straight horn. There are many Talmudic texts where mitzvah means preferable and not required, and in fact, Ramam often uses this ter- the term in this sense in the Mishnah Torah. This is the basis for the Ravid's objection to the Ramam's position that Kufin are required. Rav Rabinovich observes that, in fact, the precise term Kern HaKavasim HaKafuv does not appear in the Sugya. The closest ter- term appears in the words of Rabbi Yehuda, Zacharim Kufin. Thus, one may speculate that, in fact, there is another Talmudic source that the Raman integrated into his reasoning that led to his conclusion here that here Rabbi Levi uses the term mitzvah for required. Sorry, I was mixing two points. I was saying how when the Raman deviates in his Lashon, that shows interpretation. He's making another point, which is that because the Raman always prioritizes the original Lashon, then um, as much as possible, then um, then you can use that to trace back um the, the Raman source, and he says, the author then suggests such a source in Yushalmi, Brachos, uh, yeah, 191, So Rabbi Levi says in, in Arabia, they would call a sheep uh, Yuvla, um, and uh, like Yovel, and uh, and that's what was sounded on the Karen Hayovel. The Aramaic Imra translates to Keves, and Rabbi Levi is stating that the word Yovel, which is the biblical word for shofar, means Karen HaKeves. Rav Rabinovich argues that the Ramam's requirement of Karen, of, of Karen HaKeves is based on the, his integrating the statement in the Sugi and Rosh Hashanah with that in the Yushalmi Brachos. So it's like giving the flavor of the unique type of, uh, of, of analysis. Okay. Another one is he says a second principle that, uh, that the author formulates for clarifying the content of halachos is that their context is critical. So this we know from the way we learn in Ramam Bikiyos and the way, let's say, like many Ramam commentaries, especially like, um, you know, yeah, many bristers completely like they just treat it as a um, almost like a. Uh, a commentary on Shas, you know, Rama is a commentary on Shas, just taking a shitos or just taking like, you know, the statements. And he, the, this author uh, criticizes, not criticizes, he says, the English part near mitzvah on the side might have done people a disservice because it allows students to look up the halakos outside of their context. Mm-hmm. You know, like it lends itself to that as opposed to like being familiar with the thing. So he says, um, uh, he says that uh, it should be clearly stated clearly that those halachos for which the Talmudic sources are easily identifiable are masterful literary creations, not simply a cut and paste exercise. Ramam's artistry expresses itself in many ways. Now, this is a, a, a critical point. While he generally made it clear to us when a conclusion is not of Talmudic origin, but based on his own reasoning, Valinira, I think that's a typo here, he does not feel required to do so when an original rationale for a law of Talmudic origin is presented, whether on the basis of svara or on an, interpre- uh, an original interpretation of the biblical text. Thus, we can never be sure if such a rationale is based on a source not yet identified or is, in fact, an original idea of the Rambam. So that's an interesting thing, because the Rambam does say that when he presents his own view, he'll say linira. But 
what this is clarifying is it's when it's his own shita in terms of the the like like lemaisa, but his own reasoning he won't introduce with Linera. So you can't always tell whether the Ram had his own reasoning or not. And the examples that come to my mind, I think you and I did this when we were doing the fingernail cutting thing, that in many of the um, either health or superstitious things in Shas that the Ram does codify, he'll often swap out the reasoning that the Gemara gives, which he says is either like he holds is either like superstitious or not legitimate. And he'll give his own reasoning. You know, like the Gemara says, um, don't have Tashmi Shemitah by candlelight because your kids will get epilepsy, you know? So the Ram doesn't hold by that. So he brings it down, but he says it's because of sneeze reasons, you know, he puts it in like sexual ethics, not health, you know? So, so the Ram will not clue you in to say like lean nearer there because he's using the din of the Gemara. Yeah. So basically, when the, when the Ram thinks that the Gemara held it, he won't say, but when the, I guess the Ram doesn't think the Gemara necessarily held it, just like says nothing on the topic. As far as he can tell, or as in like, as in saying, then his learning, he doesn't think the Gemara said anything on it. Right. He still thinks he'll say the Yeah, like the example that's fresh in my mind, because I just went over it, is when Ramam talks about the restoration of smicha um, and how that could be done, he introduces it with Linira, and then he ends off by saying, like this needs to be decided. So it seems to be clear that he's not, he's not, there was no statement in the Gemara that actually proposes what he proposes. Uh, in, um, Sanhedrin in the somewhere in the first program. Yeah. Um, okay. Then this is another new point. He says, uh, in this vein, Rubber Bonovich makes the following astute observation. Some of these arguments have previously appeared in Ram's Arabic language halakhic works, the commentary to the Mishnah, Sefer Mitzvah's response, and letters. In many places in these works, the Ram states his sources explicitly and quotes from them. An examination of these materials shows that a, a quotation is always in the original language of the source, while the original ideas are in Arabic. Since some of these arguments appear in the Mishnah Torah as well, we can conclude that those that appeared in the other writings in Arabic are not quotations from Talmudic sources, but original arguments devised by the Ramam himself. Um, and then he gives an example um, where he, uh, the famous Ramam in the beginning of uh, um, Halakhas of Sipor, where he compares it, he says it's from Zahor and he says, Kamosha Nemar Zahor HaShabbos. So there are a lot of Mepharshim who try to figure out, like, where's the Ramam quoting from when he compares it to Shabbos? And Rabinovich, uh, you know, shows from the uh, the original Arabic that like this is the Ramam's unique uh, uh, insight to compare the two. Um, last part is he says a significant part of the Abshut is dedicated to reconstructing Ramam's interpretation of various sugyot in order to clarify the meaning of the halacha derived from them. In addition, Ramam follows their tradition of using Talmud Yushami as an important source and expands its use in drawing halacha conclusions. As we saw in the previous example, Rav Rubinovich observes that the Raman will sometimes use statements quoted from Matana or Anamora and Talmud Yushami to clarify a statement of his in the Babli and on this basis to formulate the halacha, which I, I don't know for sure, but I think a lot of the like historical commentators through the Rambam, um, you know, put more weight, since we put more weight on the Babli, they assumed that the Ramam has to be reconcilable with the Bavli and either did not look or did not have access to the, the Yushamis and the Toseftas and try to integrate that into their analysis of the Ramam. Yeah. Which is interesting because like, well, again, I, I understand because like we, we definitely defer to the, to the Bavli. Yeah. Like, I mean, in the, in the Adama, like the Ramam makes it pretty clear. Like he's using. Right. He does say his sources. That's, that's true. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I guess we just do the three cases where, uh, based off of just the bobbly, you would think it's you think Swan's interpretation would be absurd, but 
But it's the normal interpretation most people get from the Bible, uh, say, conjuration routine, but that person is Bible you or showing me in that. Right. And look, several that say it could be the, the Ram on Hill, like a uh, sort of create who Kim statements to make sure that the Bali, that one Rob and the Bali you were showing doesn't contradict himself between the two sources. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that there's whole discourses written on the method that the Ram uses for that kind of reconciliation, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, we're not going to have time to do the Purim thing today, but uh, 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 one more thing I highlighted here. He says, um, I will close this part of the review by returning to the characterization of Mishnah Torah as a work of art. It is almost axiomatic that great works of art generate significant interpretations that may be far beyond the original artist's conscious intent. And many interpreters don't feel constrained at all by the question, could the original creator have had this in mind? We've talked about this with Rama, the joke with the, you know, ask this point to the Rama saying, this guy doesn't know how to learn Rama, yeah. right? Uh, it is important to state that this is not the case with Rav Rabinovich. Yad Pshuta sees its goal as reconstructing the actual reasoning of Rambam that lies behind each and every halacha. This is, of course, a formidable task, and the essays in this section describe the author's approach to its fulfillment. So unlike, I don't know what Rapine would say if you asked him, but like it seems pretty clear, you know, from like the way modern Rambam scholarship is, that like Brisker Torah on the Rambam is not even attempting to understand uh, necessarily how the Ramam learned the Sogya. It's attempting to define the halacha of the Ramam in abstract categories. And if the Ramam came, you know, and said, that's not what I meant, that might not affect the Svara. Like, you know, it's, it's so, so th- it's clear that when we are learning the Yad he is trying to actually see how the Ramam arrived at, at, at the, uh, at the conclusion. Okay. So that's that. Um, I guess one more thing that Isaac Lifter told me regarding the question we raised about why the, setup of the days of Purim is based on the time of Yeshua ben Nun and not some other time. Mm-hmm. So Isaac pointed out that the um, wall, wall cities at the time of Yeshua ben Nun are already a halakha category in um, Bate Arechoma mm-hmm. and in other, you know, in, 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 there's already a system Midoraisa of that category that is relevant for like, you know, redeeming houses and such. So it would stand to reason that that's a category that this would use. Now, that's not to say like why they couldn't have created another category, uh, you know, but I think it is a, a conservative interpretation of, of the halacha, you know, the cold tikkun So they're going to use that category. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think that was a good answer. Yeah. 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 Um, so the plan to, will be just to show you how it's not super long, but um, so well, I'll ask you, we have, I mean, I have 15 minutes from here to, uh, to here. You want to do it now or you want to, okay. All right. So let, let's do it now because I, I would like to, to do this. So we could think about it. Okay. So the halacha in the Rambam was just this one. So I like the way he sets up the question. Check this out. So he says, um, which I read the wrong one. <laughs> Wait. Oh, it's a little longer. Oh, whatever. We'll start it. Um, okay. So he says, uh, I'm going to skip this part. Okay. 
Shows a yain Ashish Taker. So he quotes the Gemara Megillah, Amar Rava, Michaib Inish Lubasumi, Bapurai Adela Yadabin Araham Nabarak Morachai. A person is obligated to be intoxicated on Purim until he doesn't know the difference between Araham Nabarak Morachai. Ravim Tamuha, Minain Lola Rabbeinu Shemasayim, Biradim Bishikos. Many are astonished and say, Where's the Ramam get that you fall asleep in drunkenness? Right? That is something that only the Ramam says. Okay. And he's the first to say that. Umahi Mashmalas Vuze. What is the sense in this limit or this uh, parameter? Mi'idach. On the other hand, Divri Rava, Afhem to Unim Hesper. You also need to explain the Gemara that you need to get drunk, right? What is the deal with that? So in Hilvus Tfila, the Ram says a person who's shikr should not daven, being his palo tfila satueva. And if he davens, his tfila is an abomination. Shasui, Ayis Palo, in his palo tfila satfila. A shasui, someone who is literally drunk, right? Like he's drunk, not intoxicated. Um uh, he should not daven, but if he daven, his tefillah is a tefillah. He so has drunk? Has, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny because in English we use the word drunk to mean like, yeah. you know, totally intoxicated. Whereas we say shazwe is like buzzed, you know. Ezehu shikr, what is the definition of a shikr in Hilvah's tefillah? Zeh she'inu yacho ladabr bifnei hamelech. That's someone who is not able to speak in front of a king. Shasui she'yacho ladabr bifnei hamelech v'inu mishabish. Shasui can speak in front of a king and not be confused or not mess up. Nevertheless, once he drank a revise of yain, he should not daven until the wine is removed from him. Okay, that's one halacha. So he's, he's using the method we use also, which is cross-referencing Ramams, okay, which is another thing that people don't necessarily do, okay. We read that yesterday. Okay. We did not read this. In Deus, when a Chacham drinks wine, he should only drink enough to soak the food in his innards. Anyone who makes himself drunk is a sinner, is disgusting, disgraceful, and uh, and ruins his Chacham. Of the Imnish Taker Bifne Ame Arts, and if he is, becomes drunk in front of uh, ignoramuses, um, then he's uh, desecrating God's name. Okay, end quote. And in more Nevuchim uh, 38, he says, mm-hmm. So he's saying the, uh, the parties where people get drunk should be more disgraceful in your eyes than huge gatherings of people who are like basically like naked and exposed all in one place. Drunkenness is the activity of a person who is bad in his Bechira. Okay, so building a case here that the Ramam is against uh, Shikros, right? Lefikach, in Lefarish, Kavanas Rava, Lomar, Shishte, Adam, Bepurim, Achish, Tabish, Velo Yeda, Ben Araham, Labarach, Mordechai, Mitel, Shikros. So therefore, you can't say, according to the Rambam, that the statement of Rava and the Gemara is you should become drunk to this degrading point. That would not make sense. Okay. The Ram, however, Lamadu be'erevin samach dalar amabeis amar rami bar ava derech mil v'sheina koshu mafigi nesayayin. So he says traveling, uh, I think, on foot uh, for the distance of a meal, and then any amount of sleep will negate the wine. Okay. Amar Rav Nachman, Amar Rava bar Aguha lo shanu ela shashasa kedei revis. That's only if you drank a revis. Okay, because we probably know from experience that you can't just like take a nap for koshu uh, and then like get rid of total drunkenness. He says, uh, who should derech mil o shena mafiginoso? Aval, shasa yoser mir but if you drank more than a revis, 
If you drink more than rabis, then, then walking is going to make it worse and sleeping is going to make it worse. Okay, it's going to increase the shikaros. Okay, forget whether that's actually true. The hetik memrazo harif, and the rif brings down that lahalaha. Okay. Mi'ata divir rabbinu brewing. Now the Raman's words are clear. Okay, how so? Hachiyuhu shiyishte yayin yosir mirbis. So you're obligated to drink wine more than a rabbis. Okay. Because less than rabbis would be shasui. So you have to get more than shasui, which is shikar. The techef shashasa yosir mirbis yiyashin. But then immediately after drinking a rabbis, you should go to sleep. Venim says hashena mishakarto. So then the sleep will increase the drunkenness. Okay. Um, Ad Shemish until he becomes confounded, and he doesn't know the difference. That's why the Raman writes, drink wine until you become drunk. Drink more than so that it will ultimately make you drunk, right? Because we all we do know that wine takes a while to kick in. Okay. How do you reach Shikrus? Fall asleep in shikrus. Shari hashena meshakarta because the sleep will make you more drunk. Val shikrus shalshena ina begeder holus v'siklus, but the drunkenness of being asleep is not in the definition of wildness and foolishness. Shari yashin because he's asleep. V'chein matzanu biyushami sanhedrin ches zayin yain v'shena l'rishayin hanayla lahem v'hanayla olam. So it says in Yushami sanhedrin eight seven wine and sleep. For the Rashaim, it's a pleasure for them and it's pleasure for the world. Okay. Pleasure for them because um because uh they get drunk and it's pleasure for the world because the world gets free from Rashaim for a little while. Uh but for Zadikim, it's bad for them and bad for the world. Uh that is only about wine with a lot of sleep. They sleep a little bit so that their minds should be settled. Not sure what that means. Oh, in other words, you sleep a little bit to and then and then get your mind in the regular spot. So this is an example. Whether or not you buy the um the the explanation, this I think is a good example of what the essay was saying, how he's trying to reconstruct how the Raman was learning the Sugya based on other Rambams and based on these primary sources. Um, and like putting it together in a way that's consistent with everything. Very different than Brisk, also very different than the Achronim, because the Achronim, the classical Achronim, at least on the um, the Nusikilim on the Rambam, will typically just quote the sources and sometimes engage in some of this type of thing, but not as detailed as this. And then the Katha will bring down like many other Rishonim and like put them against each other in classical, like, like Kilpul style, you know? Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, right. So the, the, the difference, by the way, between this and the popular understanding of the Rambam is the popular understanding is uh, you sleep, and when you're asleep, you don't know the difference between Araham and Baruch Mordechai. That's like based on the loose Ramah that we did uh, last year, which we want to look at again. But this is actually trying to construct um, the reasoning that is consistent with the Rambam's halachic definitions of Shikrus and Shasui and the parameters that he sets out in his other work. So I thought that's like a, it's a creative way to learn the, uh, the Rambam. Yeah. Um, certainly not the way it's practiced by most people, but yeah. Okay. We did it. That was even in less time than we, uh, than I, I thought. Okay. Let's, uh, oh, then I'll just do the two lines that I skipped because I didn't think we'd have time. He just brings down on Ketos, Udazo. So in a Tosefta in Megillah 1.5, it says, Medaktikim b'magbis purim. 
Oh, sorry, in Medoctic, thank you. We are not Medoctic in the gathering of Purim. The reason I said that is that the actual Tosefta begins with Medoctic in, uh, but this is the second half of the Tosefta. Um, but we collect um, calves and we shech them and eat them. And the excess we do not put in the Tzedakah thing. So, so then the Abshuta says, Lefanina Bitfusim, Huva Brisa Kazo Bavava Matsia, Ainchas Amabes. So in our published editions, then that Brisa from the Tosefta is brought down in Bava Matsia, Ala Muchach Mikama Rishonim Shehapiska Avalokin Ashagalim, Lohaisa Lifnaim Bagamara. So there are Rishonim who bring down that that phrase about we purchase calves did not appear in the Gemara. But from that, it is clear that they would have meat in the Sudas Purim. Okay, so that's, again, that's Yad Pshuta finding a riot that they would eat meat. And then he throws in, Right? But it's it, it, this, the first source is more important because it's actually showing that part of the expenses that we pay for the Aniyim on Purim is meat dafka. So, um, you know, that, that's a, a, an interesting thing. And it's also possible, by the way, that, um, no, that's a different question. Yeah. Okay, that's it. All right, very good. So we'll plan to go on next week in the Rambam. Yeah. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbischneeweiss at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading, and thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.